0: Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I love uh, the Apostle John, and I love the Apostle Paul. uh, These two men write about a similar thing, the force called love, from the subject this evening. Indeed, love is in need. Indeed, love is in need. Love is actually in need of more love. And I want to share some thoughts that the Holy Spirit infuse me with today the word love is losing its meaning around the world and uh, the main reason why the love of God is losing its meaning is because that once that love once held a, a an incredibly high standard when people said they love it, it held an incredibly high standard in the midst of those who would say they love It's now overused, it's trite, it's commonplace among so many. I mean, we often say things like, I love the shirt you're wearing, or I love these shoes you're wearing. I love ice cream, I love chocolate, I love Haagen-Dazs, the whole gallon of it. I love Disney. I love Mickey Mouse. I love the city of Miami, especially the nightlife. I love NYC. I love New York. Everything is brand new in New York. There are people who love the ATL, love uh, Jacksonville and Dallas, love Minneapolis. We even go deeper, we love things. I love my car, I love my house. I love my yard, I love my flowers. I just love my flowers, I love my friends, especially those that treat me right. (laughs) And people fall in love and use that word love and label it with everything. You know I love you, right? You know I love you. Well, love has lost its meaning because it's used all around the world so loosely the standard the incredibly high standard has been lost with regard to love and this message is in, is designed to help to regain the incredibly high standard that love carries and to have you and, and those who are watching to begin to reach out a little bit more because not only is love something that we display when you show love the light of love shines in your own heart and God wants you to be illuminated by the love that He shared in your heart, but also the love that you give to others. The Apostle John uh, and the Apostle Paul gives us a two distinct gives us two distinct uh, angles to examine uh, with this as it relates to this powerful word, this powerful force called love. And love is a force; it's the greatest force. On the face of the earth, it starts wars. It can divide nations. Uh, It can also unite nations. It can divide a church. Same word. It can unite the church, especially if there's division. And people love their standard. They love being right versus loving reconciliation. They love being able to say, look what I've done versus look what Christ has done in me. That perspective can divide and it can conquer. And the enemy will even use and manipulate our love for things. People love being conservative or love being liberal. Why not just love Jesus? We're looking right and we're looking left. Why won't we just look up? Israel, the nation of Israel, never, ever, ever, ever was able to, through physical means, without God's intervention, through laws, rules, and regulations, regardless of who was on the throne, Israel was never able to achieve its goal without God's love. I don't know why in America we think we can forget God or we can use all kinds of techniques to win or do whatever we need to do and forget that if God is not building a house, our labor is in vain. The apostle John, the apostle Paul gives us two distinct uh, aspects or uh, angles to examine as we look at this powerful force called love. John, and I want you to get this, John represents the embodiment of love, the embodiment of love in human form. Not the complete embodiment, but a human being that was transformed by the power of God walking in the earth. And then Paul represents the revelation of love. Actually, Paul wasn't a pretty kind guy. He wasn't the kind of guy you want to hang out with. You either with it or not. Uh, if you weren't with it, if you weren't with it, he would tell you to get law. Mark, you're not with it. You're not with me. Mark, are you with me? I need you to say it. If you can't, I tell you what, go home now. Silas, take his place. Let's go. That's how, that's how Paul moved. He wasn't the kind kind of guy. But he has a revelation, extraordinary revelation about the love of God. And I believe God wants us to look at love from two different angles, from uh, love embodied, glory to God, or demonstrated, and then the revelation of love that only can come from the Holy Ghost. John represents the embodiment of love functioning day by day as an agent of the kingdom. Notice he's functioning in love day by day. As an agent of the kingdom. This is the one who writes Saint John. He's the one that introduced. That God is not just the God of wrath. But for God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. That which is flesh is flesh. But that which is spirit. Is spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he shows us that. He gives us the revelation that God did not come into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He gives us a revelation on the love of God. And then he also writes 1st, 2nd and 3rd John. We're looking at 1st John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not, knoweth not. He that loves God, he that loves not, knows not God. You cannot say you know God and you have no love. You cannot say you speak for the church and you have no love. You cannot represent God in the earth and you have no love. He that knoweth not God, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. And if you want to know God, you must have that pumping, that force needs to be pumping in you. Not just rights and not just rules and regulations, but what about the love of God? A woman caught in the very act of adultery. The Pharisees said, stone her. She was caught in the act. Jesus got down and started writing in the ground, writing in the sand. And when he lifted up, he said, you without sin cast the first stone. The Bible said they all walked away throwing down their stones. You know why? Because when they looked at the revelation of love and they began to see how God gave them the privilege of privacy. No one caught them, but they did it. I don't know why anybody would listen to anybody talk about anybody on the face of the earth all the time and not think they haven't never been caught up in something themselves. If a person brings you a bone, they will carry a bone. What we need is somebody that can write in the sand and then show some love. Even if a person has fallen, glory to God, they don't need to be hurt. They need to be lifted up. Let's lift up each other. This is the time to lift up each other. Let the world, the world is doing its thing. But the church needs to lift the society up. Even in prayer, let's talk to God about it. Glory to God. Got to tell Jesus about it. Got to tell him all about my trouble. He will hear my earnest cry. He will answer by and by. Just got to have a little talk with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Not only does John write, beloved, let us love one another, but he writes the apocalypse. He writes revelations. It is God's final word to the world. He's not trying to kill the world. It is what it it is. He's trying to bring everybody back to who he is. He is the new heaven and the new earth. He is the kingdom of God manifested. You don't have to worry about the details of that if you have him. And here love moves to the earth through John. Moves to the earth as a human being. While Jesus was down on the cross, he looked out through his bloody eyes, blood running through his eyes, crown of thorns on his head. And he looked at John and said, son, behold your mother. In other words, I want you to take my place with her. I want you to do what I've done in her life. She is my mother. I am her son. And behold, I'm making all things new. But right now, I need you to be the one to care for her. I need you to make sure she eats. I need you to make sure she has it. Not drawing from her. Not taking from I need you to show the love to her. and This is what John does. Hallelujah. He demonstrates love for Mary. Right now, the world knows all about Mary, and we speak very little of John, but John is the love of God walking in the earth through Jesus Christ our Lord. The bodily description of love, and it was made, that love demonstrated was made possible through faith in Jesus Christ and through a physical relationship with the Lord, Jesus Christ, while he was on earth. Can the church say amen? That's why I love the Lord Jesus. He did not allow one person to show love. He then moves to a person by the name of the Apostle Paul. Who spent very little time loving anybody in his life. But God had a way of giving him a revelation on his love. And Paul represents the extraordinary revelation of love. That can only come through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It certainly wasn't his experience. He's the one that persecuted the church. He's the one that drove hundreds to jail. He's the one that had, he stood there when Stephen was executed with no remorse at all. He needed to have a revelation of love because his history, when he looked over his shoulder, he didn't all he saw was a trail of blood and agony and pain, glory to God, for the people of God. But God gave him an extraordinary revelation of his love, and we need both. We need revelation and we need functionality. And a lot of us have been dealing. With the, the revelation of love. We like to preach it, you know. But when it comes to function, we don't know where John is. And we need both of them. Believers need to have the revelation and the inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Of what love is all about. And we also need the practical steps that John leaves with us. On how to show love one with another. Love is in need of an injection. Injection. And I started what I call leadership solutions, leadership injection, leadership intensive, leadership convergence. And that injection of love means love needs help in our society today. So you are the syringe that God is going to use to inject more love into our society. God is going to fill you up. With love, and you are going to inject it in our society. God wants a deeper affection to be injected. God wants more fondness of Him and for His work to pump into our love again. God wants you to have a soft spot, a tender spot for Him, tenderness need to come back not just hard christians yeah hard hard just hard against everybody all the homosexual all of the one doing what they do they need to go to hell god wants us to be tender to his people commercial You can get your mug today you can get your mug from truth revealed international ministries in palm bay florida that's right are you all following me we need a soft spot a tender spot need more warmth there's a lot of coldness and you grow warmer through fellowship and connectedness for those of us that are backing up you can't say you love and you're standing alone. Because love requires. The Bible says. If one man lay, lies alone. He will be cold. But it's when, when two or three are able to come together. They conserve the heat. We need warmth. The warmth of love is shown in community. We need spiritual intimacy. To come back to us. I'm talking about a heartfelt. I will not be silent. I will always worship you intimacy in our worship tears you know here's my worship all of my worship i'm presenting it to you lord glory to god god wants us to be more attached to him and to each other many of us where our fellow brothers our fellow members Our society like loose with loose fitting toggery. We can take it off in the evening, throw it in the corner. But God wants you to have an attachment to your brother and sister. A connectedness needs to come back to our love. Inject it. Inject it. An endearment needs to come back. Devotion. Devotion and loyalty needs to come back. Adoration needs to come back. All of these words are tied to the love. A passion for the things of God. We needs to stop uh, idolizing uh, people and d- let that, that idolization get back to God. God sits on the throne. I need to look, uh, uh, take a study of 1 Corinthians 13 because... Uh, John gives us the function, but Paul gives us the revelation. And if you get the revelation, you can then function. And so I want you to think about the words, give your love some injection here. It's in need. It's in need. It's in need of a deeper affection. It's in need of some fondness. Now, we're not talking about just based on what we need. I'm talking about love needs it. Listen to what I said. Love needs an injection. Love is in need of more love today. Here are some objectives in 1 Corinthians 13 in our study. In the chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, the revelation of love through the apostle Paul, we see the value of love. The value of love in our service to the Lord. You mean to tell me love can be poor or rich? Yes. Yes. Even when you take vows for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. Love can be poor. Love can be rich. You can add to it. You can make it valuable by adding to it daily. And God wants us to add to the love. See the value of love and our service to God. A lot of us look at the acts as it relates to our service to God, but not the value of the love. The love is very, very expensive and precious. The love is, again, not just the love. It's poor if it's shown to you. It's richer when you share it to someone else. Many of us only get the poor side of love. We're just greedy for more of it. But if you want to make love rich, it's got to flow through you to someone else. For God so loved the world that he gave. And if you want to be God-like in your character, God-like in your value, you must give love away. I see the value of love In my service to God, in my preaching and teaching, the value of the love, I'm helping someone who needs a word. I'm helping them to connect with God's purpose in the earth. I'm helping them to understand his will. And if they can ever grasp the will of God, glory to God. It is his will that they give thanks in all things. It is his will that they prosper and be in good health even as their soul prosper. It is his will that they submit to God. It is his will that they grow, glory to God, dimensionally in depth, with height, and length. And to know the love of God that passeth understanding. Woo! And I'm helping somebody to connect with Jesus. I'm helping somebody to know his will. And when you step and see the value of what you do, it'll give you passion for what you do. Ah, thank you, God. Not only are the objectives of this study to show us the value, the value of love in our service to God, but also the understanding To understand the scriptural definition of the love of God. To understand the scriptural definition. I gave you some loose words out there. Some people, they love uh, New York or love Palm Bay or they love their metropolitan. They love their their, their beautiful houses, the parks that they go through. They love to hike. But I want to show you the biblical, the scriptural definition of love. And then lastly, we need to determine the spiritual gifts, that when spiritual gifts uh, cease, what surpasses the gifts? What what what's a, when there there'll come a time where you want the gift to, to move, but God says, I'll put a halt on the gift so love can surface. Because some of us, all we know is how to work our gift, even if we don't have a heart uh, for the people that we're working it on. But God says, sometime I won't let you exhort like you normally do. And I won't let you have the mercy that you I don't let you work in the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge like you like to go. I don't want you to work in the gift of faith and healing and all miracles. I don't want you to do right now. I'm putting all of that on the hall. I just want love to surpass it all. Glory to God. And when love, when gifts cease, love need to appear. Ah, glory to God. And So in the middle of Paul's discussion on spiritual gifts, starting in chapter 12, and you need to read that chapter 12. It is a powerful, powerful book. The Bible tells us that we can desire spiritual gifts. You can desire gifts. He wants you to desire gifts. And he describes those gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And everybody graduate. They love to gravitate, I meant, to the gifts, the charisma gifts of God. The seeing gifts, the speaking gifts, and the power gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But as he ends the chapter, he talks about showing the Corinthians a more excellent way a more excellent way and he enters into chapter 13 to explain the excellent way of love after emphasizing first the importance of love he does that in verse 1 through 3 then he defines love the love of God and what love does by what it is and what it does not just the feeling. Because some of us, I got the feeling, we got the feeling of love, but it never entered. We don't know the of love. And Paul, the revelation, God wants you to function as you gain the revelation of the love. And when Paul begins to define what love is and what it does, it opens up the church to a whole nother way, a more excellent way. And that is from verse 4 to 8. And then after that, he ends the chapter with love's quality. The longevity of love. The quality of love, its its longevity, it will outlast everything. The Apostle Paul compares the love of God, hallelujah, in comparison to the gifts. He says, gifts are temporary, but the love. The nature of the spiritual gifts are contemporary, but the love of God will outlast them all. And even when you can't work, like you can't work your gift on your job, you can still show some love. You can't work your gift all of the time when you want to work it, but show the love. God will work through the love and activate the gift gently. (laughs) Though each gift accomplishes a specific task, and they're very important. Don't hide this. Activate it. It's called love. Glory to God. And when gifts can't work, here comes these towers coming out of the soil. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is that one right in the center that keeps growing. Like jack-and-the-bean stalk, its leaves will not wither. It keeps growing taller and taller than everyone. And it's called the tree of love. It bears, uh, John says, twelve manner of fruit. <laughs> Glory to God. Most of us, none of us have ever seen a tree that bears twelve, but this tree. It's so big, it's so big, when it it spreads its wings, it feels its branches, feel the land. Glory to God. This vine will never stop growing. This vine keeps growing and becoming green even during hard times. And it bears 12 manner of fruit. And all the nations will eat from it. Glory to God. And you and I have the seed of this 12-mantar fruit-bearing tree inside of us. Glory to God. And if you ever let the seed grow, 12 different oxen you can plow at one time because of the love. You can go through 14 years when you know you love somebody and you can't get what you want. You will work for 14 years without seeing a manifestation. And it will seem like one day. Why? Because you're looking through the lens of love. Oh, help me, Jesus. Jacob looked at Rachel and he loved her. It was a God kind of love. Worked for seven years and another seven years. He says it only seemed like a few days. How does that happen? How does 14 years turn into a few days where there's a transforming power in love? Glory to God and God wants us to have that power working in us. I promise myself I won't scream tonight. But I When I start talking about the love, you know me, right? Woo, Jesus. So let's talk about the importance of love. The importance of love. Look at verse 1 out of chapter 13. Verse 1, 2, and 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging symbol if I have the gift of prophecy whoa everybody likes that one and can fathom all mysteries woo. and all uh, knowledge and if I have f- a faith that can remove mountains but have not love I am nothing what an indictment on our spiritual climate today what an indictment everybody's going after the big gifts But Paul says, if you don't have this, you have nothing. If I, verse 3, give all I possess to the poor. And surrender my body to the flames. But I don't have love. I have not love. I gain nothing. Glory to God. So many of us we gravitate, many of us in our society gravitate to those who are eloquent in their speech. With eloquence in the earth can speak many languages. Paul says if you don't have love, you can even speak heavenly tongues, the tongue of men and of angels, the language of the angels or the angelic. Yet if you don't express love, if you don't express yourself with love, your words will be in Reduced to a a hollow sound. A clanging cymbal. If you have the prophetic gift. To prophesy things to come. Profound understanding. For those of you that can't believe. How a person can prophesy. And be used of God. And then show so much disdain. Because you can do all of these things. Without love. But the Bible says. If you have all of these gifts. You can pay a price for a gift. And forsake the love. And you're just an empty sound, a gong, a, a clanging cymbal in the presence of the Lord. Without love, without the pure motive of love, I'm gaining nothing. I have no value. So in regards to speaking in tongues, if one spoke with tongues of men and of angels, without love, the person would be like A sounding brass or tinkling cymbal, we understand that. And just like the sound comes, bam, and you hear it and it fades away, that's how you will be remembered. If you want to be remembered beyond the sound of your introduction, you need to introduce some love. Some people can enter into your life and they can motivate you, but it is love that makes you remember them for decades. And I've always asked God to give me the kind of presence, the kind of life print that really imprints on others. And I found out even more in this message, it is the love print that is the life print we should all seek. In regards to gifts, even the gift of faith, and we need faith. Without it, it's impossible, but don't approach humanity with faith alone. America needs this message here. We need this message. It's it's not about how powerful we are physically. It is how do we demonstrate it? Right now, we don't need to burn. And right now, we don't need to put knees on necks. And right now, we don't need to shoot. And right now, we don't need to bring death and knives. We don't need to do any of that in the streets. No more bloodshed. We need the love of God working in us. And we need to pray that and decree that when we're riding along the parkway. Not revenge. In my daily devotion today, I pray that you get it. Glory to God. We talked about vengeance is the Lord's. It is not our own. It's in God's hands. Taking revenge is dangerous for anyone. You're stepping into the realm of God. God will repay I know they did you wrong and I know you want to get them back, but let God handle that. You show love. Glory to God. So not only does the scripture talk about the gifts of prophecy and the gift of faith, but it also talks about great personal sacrifice. Because a lot of people think that the sacrifice, you should know that I love you because I sacrifice. You can sacrifice and not love. It's right here. I want you to see this in verse three. Look at this. This this is amazing to me. Verse three of the same chapter says, if I give all I possess to the poor, all that I possess, I give them my bed, my house. You can sleep in my bed. You can sleep in my house. You can do this. You can do that. You can drive my car and I'll give you the keys and you can have all of the money in my bank. Even if I surrender my body to flame, I'll die for you. I'll die for you. Come on, Prince. I'll die for you. No, I won't. Jesus died for you. And this doesn't make, it doesn't say that I love you because I give my body to be burned. The Bible says you can do that without loving. He's going to show you what love is about. He said you've gained nothing by giving your body, your flesh to be burned. That's an indictment and I tell you what it has slapped me in the face with people that like to do love but they are not loving. So prophecy and faith is necessary but at the same time you got to look at personal sacrifice and even personal sacrifice don't measure up if you have no love. Then he goes on to give the definition of love from verse 4 to verse 8. The definition of love. Love is patient. <laughs> love is kind. Love does not envy. So, when envy, when you see someone buy something, that little thing that raises up in you, you got to say, that ain't love. You got to tell yourself that. Because love is not in, en- it does not envy. Envy will rise up in any fleshly frame, dusty frame, but you must cast it down. That's not love. It does not boast, it does not brag about what it accomplishes. It is not proud. Man, that's hitting us in the face. It is not rude. <laughs> it didn't just come over and take over a conversation, tell everybody you're stupid. It doesn't say things to offend purposefully. It's not self-seeking. Right there in the Bible. It is not easily angered. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Please help me. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Help me, Lord. One of the things that comes with a good memory is a record. So if God has ever blessed any of you with a good memory, you have the power to recall what comes with that is a memory and you must submit the memory to God. Because love keeps no long term records of wrong. I need that to sink in right now because many people are divorced. They say, I love you, but you can't love Keeps no record of what happened 10 years ago. I'm not telling you to be superhuman. That's why we need the spiritual excellent way that God gives us because real love is not going to bring up what happened 10 years ago. Look at verse 6. Love does not delight. In evil, When someone gets shot, they don't say that's good. It does not rejoice, but rejoices with the truth. In other words, when truth comes, when truth comes, when error is exposed and truth comes, it rejoices. Not when people bite error, <laughs> but when truth comes. What is truth? Truth can't be knowledge. Jesus said, I am truth. And those that follow him will not walk in darkness, but have everlasting life. And so if you want to rejoice in truth, you start rejoicing in truth by just learning who Jesus is. Pilate asked him, what is truth? <laughs> it's standing before you. Right now, people don't believe in truth. There's no absolutes. It's whatever I think it is. That's just not true. Start with Jesus and see does your truth align with Him? Can you present your truth to Him and He says, you know what? I never thought of that that way. (laughs) if jesus don't deal with it don't try to make anyone else deal with it because truth is christ that's where you start and from christ you learn how to assess knowledge from christ you learn how to put some things over here and other things over there from christ you learn how to arrange your life from christ you know what to go in and what's safe for you to do from christ you know how to handle others Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. The verse seven said, love protects. Love doesn't expose. Love protects. You can have stuff to crush people, but love always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes, the scripture says. Always perseveres. Love never fails. And if you look at this litany of things that that, that describe love, all of us can see that love is in need of an injection from our perspective. Some of us are very empty as, as it relates to never failing. We're very, 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 very empty. Very, very short. Our fuel is short as it relates to perseverance. Some of us want to be protected, but we never protect. Next time somebody send you a text about someone else, delete it. Protect them. Always trust. And trust is the embryo and the offspring of time and integrity, which means time and integrity come together over a period of time. Fertility comes in the climate of their relationship, they become intimate with each other. That's time and integrity. And trust is birth out of the union. It's very, very difficult to produce and very easy to destroy. That's why the embryo of trust needs love. You can trust without love. And when you're violated. You'll say I'll never trust you again. But when love is there. He'll give you the ability to trust again. (laughs) Anybody can say I'm done. But when love is there. It elongates your trust. And it always protects. Always rejoices in the truth. Never delights in evil. Love always erases the wrong. Starts all over again. It's going to be rough and tough. So rough. But we're going to make it. Love is not easily anchored. (laughs) It's not easily angered. Ah. Have to do it three times. It's not easily angered. Ah. And you need to do it too. Slap yourself. All mad all the time. People walking mad, 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 mad. Your ancestors dealt with all kind of hell to even get you where you are today. And they had to be quiet as they did it. Those senators coming out, of uh Washington the other day walking along the way going to their cars and the vitriol of the liberal standing there yelling at them, telling them this and that I'll rape your wife, I'll do this and that and saying all this kind of stuff black people have been dealing with this since, since slavery walking around, we're used to that and have to be quiet if we're going to keep our skin and so we know what time it is, you need to understand that a whole segment of our society has gone through hell and water and some of the young people that happen to be african or black lives you need to listen to the former generation who had love driving them they wanted love to be on the forefront it was love that kept them sitting there when hot water was thrown on them. love when fire hoses was on them so you can have the right to the american dream don't destroy it all by burning up your city How were they able to take all of the stuff they went through? But you can't handle this. You can do it if we pump some love. Remember this society. Nobody will ever make it in this world with just knowledge alone. You must embrace the love of God. And I want to call our people. I want to call people who are in the street. I want to call people who don't know Jesus back to the cross. You're going to hear me saying it over and over and over again. I'm not a politician. I don't have to be politically correct. A job is to make sure you get the truth and we should rejoice when the truth comes. Jesus saves and through the love that he demonstrates, if you show that love, you'll be saved as well. Actually, you don't have to show the love to be saved. All you have to do is accept it. But once you come to him, show the love. Write it down. Love is large and it's incredibly patient. Here's another one love is gentle and consistently kind. Not every once in a while, it is gentle and consistently kind. It refuses. Any feelings of jealousy. When jealousy shows up. Love shuts the door. It doesn't even have to slam the door. But it will always shut the door on jealousy. It will not allow jealousy to rest in the home or in the heart. And the jealousy usually shows up when God blesses somebody. That you may not like. Write it down, love does not brag about one's own achievements. It does not inflate achievements. Love does not traffic in shame. And disrespect. In other words. Love does not get on the highway of shame and disrespect and drive. It does not selfishly seek for honor. Love is not easily irritated. And that's a cure for a whole lot of us. We need more love. Love, write it down, joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in wrong. It joyfully celebrates when someone is honest. I told you all the story of my little boy. He's a grown man now, he's 31. But when he was a little boy, uh, the wife had baked the cake, and we saw his little finger in the icing. And uh, so she said, what do you do? Did you take some of the license?" of course he denied it. So I came along, what are you doing, son? He's about six years old or whatever. I knew he did it. So I wanted to teach him a lesson. I asked him to stretch out his hand. He was right-handed. I smacked it. I didn't smack it hard, but just smacked it, pow. Told him to stretch it out the second time, smacked it, pow. Told him to snack it out the third time, he snatched it back. I said, I'm trying to teach you a lesson. If you, if you touch the cake, just say I did it. What I want you to do, I'm not smacking your hand because you touched the cake. I'm going to cut you a slice. What I smacked your hand about is your lack of honesty. I want you to learn how to embrace honesty. Never lie. I need to be able to trust you. Do you understand? And he always said, yes, sir, in a way that, that made me cry. He didn't say like he had a speech impediment. He didn't say like, yes, sir. He didn't do it like a soldier. It was, yes, it was like, yes, sir. It's a certain way he says it. And guess what? His son says it the same way. Especially when he's talking to me. I heard him the other day talking to him like Yeah, y'all. Yeah. I said, wait, what, what? Now, get, 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 get. get what did you say? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He did it just like that. I said, I need you to do that to ladies. What's up with you? You don't show disrespect to ladies, and then pop to attention when you deal with me. It's to every adult. We need to really show love by correcting some issues that's going on in our own families. We'll save them, give them something to go for years from now. Thank you, Lord. So love has positive qualities and it pushes back on negative qualities. It suffers long, it's kind, that's positive qualities. But it does not envy, does not parade itself. It pushes back on negative qualities. So you got to see this, love embraces certain things and it pushes back on certain things. That's love. I can't go with y'all. You're actually showing love. I can't hate. That's showing love. I can't associate with that. That's not going in the way God wants us to go. It's actually a demonstration of love, it's pushing back on negative qualities. Not to behave oneself rudely is love. To watch how you function. Is love. It's not just giving someone something. It's maintaining a certain character and disposition during tough times. You're demonstrating God's love. I know we didn't see it that way because love is what it does. It is, but not 100%. Love is also what you don't do. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love does not provoke. Love does not think no evil. It thinks no evil. It's watching how the mind works, controlling thoughts. It's actually God's love at work in us. Hallelujah. Does not joys rejoice, rejoice in iniquity, but only in the things that are good. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. Believes. All things biblical, helps, hopes, all things, endures, all things, endures shutdowns, endures lack, endures winter, endures spring, endures summer, and endures fall. And in the fullness of time, it is ripe. Glory to God. I'm ripe for my next blessing. It never fails. Here we see as I close the longevity of love. The longevity of the love of God. Verse 8 again. Look at the word. Love never fails. God from Zion. But where there are prophecies. Now this is link, this, he's He's, he's uh, paralleling chapter 12. And he made sure that you should desire spir- spiritual gifts. But the Bible says love never fails. Then he goes on to say those gifts that you want in your life. Those power gifts that you want demonstrated. Those things that you believe the church should be doing right now. We should be prophesying and we should be raising the dead and we should be casting out devils and we should be working the miracle working power of God. Not in quarantine, not wearing masks, step out there and let God use you. But look at the word love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease and where there are tongues. Even teaching, the scripture says, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we only know in part. I don't care how brilliant it is, you can't see the big picture. For we know in part, and if you know in part, you can only prophesy in part. You can't live off that alone. You know in part. You prophesy in part. But when perfection comes. Where is the perfection? Obviously it is not in the prophecy. Obviously it is not in the gifts. He equips us. Nobody can live off a bracelet or bracelet. Or earrings. If someone gave you a gift. There is no life in that. The life. It's in that thing that calls them to give it to you. Not the gift itself. What motivated? What made them select that for you? That's where your mind should be. Not in the gift itself. Help me Jesus. Look at verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. He's already letting you know there will come a time in your own ministry, in your life, where your gift won't work. God won't let it work. And when that happens, if you don't have no love in the bank, there's going to be a great deficit. Look at the word here, but when perfection comes, verse 10, the imperfect disappears. In other words, there's going to come a time when the fullness of Christ is there. We don't need gifts to entertain you. It's the love, love exudes. One day Christ is going to appear. Why would you need to prophesy if he's here? If the Aronin is already here, why do we need to prophesy? What we need to do now is flow. The word of God and the prophecy wants to get us to activate now. How do you handle society and the people around you? Look at verse 11. When I was a child. He's trying to show you that operating the gifts is your adolescent years. There's something above that, a maturity that's greater than you just moving in the gifts. Or playing with your toys in the kingdom. Yes, he equipped you. But the kingdom doesn't expand and stay expanded with gifts alone. When I was a child, I talked as a child. Like a child. I thought like a child I reasoned like a child but when I became a man I put away childish things put the childish ways behind me look at verse 12 now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror and he's trying to show you that there are levels of growth there's something beyond there's an excellent way that's above operating in your gifts or doing what you do naturally When I became a man, I put away childish things, childish ways. I put them behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Look at yourself. It's just a poor reflection. I know you're all impressed with who you are, but God says there's a more excellent way. It's not about what we see ourselves doing. It's what he can do through us. Not just what power gives, but through his love. Then we shall see face to face. In other words, the one who's helping us to prophesy. You got to understand you can't see him right now. And just like you can only see your face in the glass, there's something beyond seeing yourself in the glass. But the scripture says after a while, you'll be able to see him. When you look, it won't be you seeing yourself. You'll be able to see the one who gave you the gift anyway. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And there was a level of growth that he's trying to take you to. And it's not the gifts that's going to get you there. This elevator, you got to have a ticket and the ticket says love to go higher. Look at verse 13. I'm almost done. And now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. I didn't come to focus on the three, but only on the one. And the greatest one of the three is love. It's above all gifts, tongues, manifestation, power, charisma, and all. God says, I want you. This is a revelation from a man who at one time was loveless, but he hooked up with the Holy Ghost. Which tells me there's a level of this love that you won't have without being filled with the Spirit. There's a level of this kind of love that you won't have if you're just doing what you do. You, there's a level of this love that you won't get just by hanging out with the boys. You must spend time with God. And the Holy Ghost will infuse you with this kind of love, this kind of revelation. And help you to function in it. And God will bless his people as a result of it. Let the spiritual gifts do what they do. But don't forget the love. I love you. I love you. And... I thank God for loving me. But that's a part of the equation. He loved me. Where's the other part of that equation? We must love each other. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart. With all your soul. With all your mind and your strength. And love your neighbor. Just like you love yourself. And gave himself for others. Nobody's asking you to die for people. Jesus did that. Can you stop bragging? Can you stop pumping your own chest? Can you stop looking at what you do? Can you stop standing first in line? and Give someone else a chance. Can't you look at this society and see how loveless it is? This society needs your injection. It needs God to work in you. To pump another level of love in it. It can't just be revelation. It has to be function. We must function in the love now. This is the next challenge for the church. We went through the faith years. We went through the miracle signs and wonders years. We went through the prophecy years. Thank God. And it's still here. But we're moving in a dimension now where God wants to see us function in love. I don't know what all of that looks like. I'm not trying to be that prophetic. I can only prophesy in part. But I know this is real. When I asked him for what to for to give me what to share tonight this is what he told me I want to talk for a moment to every pastor and leader and every parachurch leader, every father and mother, every community organizer, wherever you are in government, wherever you are in the judicial, where you are, whoever you are in the legislative or where you are in the executive municipalities, wherever you are in leadership, even those who are following. We all have been summoned by God to let the love of God flow in your heart. We all need to reach out to others. That doesn't look like socialism in our government, but it looks like justice. And justice we do, we can't just sing about it. We must do justice. It's all laced in the scriptures. And when you do justice, when you show mercy, when you show when you're faithful, you're demonstrating what God called us to do. Faithfulness is how you relate to God. In worship and in praise and in prayer. Mercy is how you deal, for, deal with individuals. Love got to be involved. And justice is all about how we look at the systems in our society. Especially if there's injustice in it. And based on our knowledge of the kingdom. And the love of God that's flowing in us. Because we are the voice of the unheard. We must speak to the injustice. And when we do that. We're demonstrating the love of God. Do justice. Function injustice. justice. Dismantle systems. That plague uh, the lower levels. The. 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 The poor and those who may not be educated. It's all in our society. That's what we need to be as Kingdomites. And when we do justice, it has nothing to do with color. I don't care who it is. I came up to church several years ago and a man met me there. I could tell he had been drinking and it was cold outside, he had on shorts. He says, can I just sleep at the door of the church? He didn't look like me. I say, yes, you can, but you can't drink on the premises. I know you have a challenge, but rest right here. He did it for over a year. Sometimes myself and a few brothers would lay blankets over him. feed him some soup. We didn't tell the world about it. We just showed the love. I came up one morning, five in the morning. He was so intoxicated. He couldn't tell if if I took his money or if I stepped on his hand. And it really grieved me. And I stood out there in the cold and prayed for him. It happened for over a year. Who are you covering? Who are you reaching out to? Who gets your attention? What are you striving for? Naming lights? always ask myself, what would Jesus do if he was here? I think I bought him a bike. He was on a bike. We got a whole lot of revelation. But when it comes to function... We need help, we need an injection. Love, indeed, love needs help. I don't say that to brag, I say that to invoke something in you. You don't take your tithe and offerings and give to the poor. But can you help somebody? Can you lift them up? Before I came to service today, One of my assistants brought me a really nice salad. It was delicious. The Lord spoke to me a few years ago and said, I want you to feed my sheep. I said, what do you mean? I'm doing that. And he said, I want you to go and buy a meal, two of them. And I want you to give it to someone. I'll show you who. And I did what he told me to do. Our church caught it. And that summer we fed 3,000. Somebody got mad, called the authorities. And they came and shut it down because we didn't have a commercial kitchen. I grieved over that because it wasn't about me. Our church called it. They were giving them haircuts and giving them Jesus dollars and letting them buy clothes with Jesus dollars. Not dollar bills. We gave them Jesus dollars. (laughs) We know what to do. During COVID-19. The enemy came to divide us. But you know what we need to do? Do love. Just show love. Give somebody a glass of water. And tell them Jesus saves. Buy a case of water. Freeze it. Give it out to the poor. Tell them Jesus saves. Ask them can you pray with them and watch what God does. You may rescue a John or a Paul from the pits of hell. And I believe God is going to liberate us when we do his work in the earth. He spoke to me, Clark, you take care of mine and I'll take care of you. And when I help people and preach the gospel. And demonstrate love. He always rewards me. Thank you Lord. I thank you for the love message. I give you praise for touching hearts even now. All over this country let the love message flow. Not revenge. Not fighting. Some people are so engulfed with. With voting, they do more for voting than they do spreading the gospel. Believers will march for injustice, but won't march for Jesus. Won't even come to the house of God. Will claim COVID, but go everywhere else. Partying, doing whatever. Father, let the love flow again. But those of us that have been making excuses to show the love take all excuses out make it pure again in our hearts and father i thank you you loved us and we can love each other in jesus name amen it has been a real joy to share the word of god with you a special thank you to those who care for this ministry no amount of financial support is too small it is because of you this ministry is possible To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation 1. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.